last time on Late and Legends. Good day, my fine fellow travelers. My name is Giovanni, and I am a knight of the sacred object. Giovanni is from a family of very successful merchants, but I was not so good at the numbers. So at a young age, I was sent off to a church to learn how to fight and do good things. My character is, uh, we call him Valerius. Uh, he's a wood elf, uh, deep forest. He has been involved with the temple, other elves. We had a split. They were worshiping celestial bodies, celestial beings. I just came to the realization that, that nature was the true power. Man, the last several decades has been has been uh, not but hobbit leaf, magic mushrooms, and squirrel friends. I am Mordecai the Great, although many people know me as Mordecai the Mad. Uh, I used to be a, uh, a famed court sorcerer until I, I had a little fluke in, in the middle of a, a royal proceeding and I may have dismembered a few people and injured a lot of other ones, only to escape with my life and the clothes on my back. The borough of Renlin has stood as a beacon of civilizations for centuries. What was once a small hamlet on a river port has now become a city of trade and industry, inflated by bureaucratic nobles and miserly guildmasters. However, there are many in Renlin who are not born into this world of privilege. The burrow has a dark underbelly, inhabited by crime lords and beasts alike. Not all monsters are afraid of showing their face in the light. It is here that our story begins. Along Renlin's dark road, the peace begins to crack. All right, welcome back to Late End Legends, guys. I hope you had a good week off. Uh, a few things before we get started. Last week, we spent a lot of time describing the world that this is taking place in and the characters that you've created, but we didn't really explain how this storytelling adventure works. We sort of assume that listeners have some experience with role-playing board games like Dungeons & Dragons, and I think it's fair to say that we gave a quick primer on uh, how this is going to work, but I think that we should spend some time kind of uh, discussing maybe a little bit about the mechanics because we uh, talked about things like ability scores, but we didn't really explain what that means. So in a broad sense, um, I, uh, Josh, have created a story with events in it, and the guys here, Ben, Brandon, and John, have created characters that are going to play through the story. They'll get to decide an action that they want to do, and then they roll a die to see how well they do it. Uh, each of their characters have different attributes, such as strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma that they use to help them achieve some action. So, for example, John is playing a paladin, which is typically a very strong character. If John's character wanted to climb a wall, I'd make him roll a die, and he has to add his strength modifier to it. He has a certain amount of strength, and he's a stronger guy, so he'll do a little bit better, perhaps, at climbing things than other people. So he's going to roll a die, and he's going to add his modifier to it. And because he's better at that, he has a better chance of succeeding on that die roll than, say, a weaker character like Ben's, who has actually negative modifier and strength. <laughs> so good on that, Ben. Um, there are a bunch of different types of skills that use these different ability modifiers, and they range from acrobatics to persuasion to sleight of hand. All that you, the audience, and us, the players, have to know is that uh, we are just going to describe an action that you want to do. So you're going to tell me what you want to do. And I'm going to tell you what kind of skill check you want to roll. And you roll a die and add your modifier to it. And then I'll let you know whether you succeeded or not. And this applies to just about everything that you can do in this game, from skill checks to melee fighting. Now that we have perhaps a little bit better understanding of how the game is supposed to work, uh, let's do a quick refresher to remind us what the characters are that you're going to be playing. So um, John, who are you playing again? My name is Giovanni de Chambray, and I am a paladin of the Order of the Sacred Objects. Nice. Uh, Brennan, who are you? I am Mordecai the Mad, a wild magic sorcerer. And Ben, what do you got for us? I am Valerius. I am a wood elf, uh, druid, who has spent far too much time by himself. <laughs> Haven't we all, guys? Haven't we all? <laughs> oh. Okay, so today's story... What will happen to Mordecai, Valerius, and the other one, Giovanni? How will they become friends, the best of friends? We don't know. I know, because I wrote the story. But you don't know. <laughs> and now we're starting.
Part one, Mordecai the Mad. Mordecai. Cut. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm doing this. We can do this, guys. We can get through it. Okay, ready? Let's go. Mordecai. In front of you sits Frederick Bolster. It's a man you've met before on many, many unfortunate occasions. To his friends, he's Freddy, but today you're not a friend. He's a large, balding man backed by two larger, baldinger men just enough within the light cast down from an arcane desk lamp to let you know that they're in there in case things go south. This you know because they've gone south for you in this very room on several occasions. Bolster looks up from some paperwork on his desk and looks at you. Mordecai, Mori, it's a shame that I find you in front of me again. I thought we had settled things pretty smoothly after our last appointment. I'm disappointed to see that our conversation didn't seem to stick. Your debt is now 200 gold pieces. Certainly, that's not a lot of gold, at least not to someone like myself. But it is to someone like you. Especially when you consider that this isn't the first time that you've been unable to pay a debt back to me. Ah, come on, Big F. You know I'm good for it. Morty, we've been over this before. I know that you do what you can, but uh, you don't always pay you back. Listen, I like you, Morty. You've done a lot of good work for me in the past, and I can overlook some of your obvious character flaws. But this debt is going to be paid. I realize that times have been pretty tough for you lately. So I'm going to make you a deal. You're not going to pay me today. Instead, one week from now, you're going to walk into my office and you're going to give me 250 gold pieces for my trouble. You're going to do that or there's going to be some more trouble. Understand? Ah, jeez. All right, fine. One week. You understand? This is what's going to happen. I was agreeing. I, I, was, I was just reiterating what you said so you know that I was listening. As you leave, please tell Mary to send in the next guy. All right. Mordecai gives a little nod and just kind of like mumbles under his breath uh, towards his unhappiness of his situation and makes his way towards the door. You turn to leave and you open the door. After a quick word with the woman outside, you walk down a hall and exit through the entrance. You close the door behind you and you enter an alleyway. Okay. Could I get you to roll a perception check? Sure, sure. First roll of the game, boys. Come on. Ooh, I got a 10. Okay, so you walk into a dark alleyway. It's nighttime. And you've been in this alleyway before. There's usually, you know, some homeless people and things like that. Uh, tonight, they seem to be cleared out. And for whatever reason, nobody seems to be there. You look a little closer. You see a dark shape pass by the end of the alleyway. And it seems slightly too large to be human. But before you can really make out anything else, it's long gone. Okay. Um, I, I guess I'm just going to keep going on my way then. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't like conflict, so... Fair enough. You turn, and I imagine you head to one of the only places people are able to look for work in Renlin, the jobs listing board. Okay. Part two. Valerius. Yep. You're sitting in a waiting room, and a man passes you by. Could you roll a perception check for me? <laughs> roll number two, baby! It's under after the M and N's and before the R's. <laughs> Okay, there we go. There it is. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. I mean, that's a two uh, plus five. Awesome. Okay. So uh, so a guy passed you by. You weren't really able to make him out. He had kind of like a red hat on, but like you didn't really pick up on any of it. Other than that, like he spoke to the lady that uh, is sitting in front of you um, before he left. So as he disappears, a woman sitting at a desk nearby waves to you and indicates that it's your time to see the man in charge. 
living in a city is strange to you. You're not used to the bureaucracy, the waiting, the rooms, the people. I imagine that this all might be a little unnerving to you. At least it was when you first came to Renlin, but now you've been here for a few months. The looming buildings bother you less. Today, you're here to see a human man named Bolster. You've done some jobs for him in the past, mostly the tracking of people that were hiding from him. Today, you're supposed to get a new assignment. You enter the room. It's large and well-furnished, as you've come to expect from Bolster. You prefer your trees alive and growing. Bolster prefers it cut, planed, painted, and used to wall himself in. Bolster turns to you. Val, it's a pleasure to see you again. I have another assignment for you. Very good. Did you notice the man that left? Uh, I think he had a red hat or something to that effect. Uh, uh, be honest. So, <laughs> I think he said something quippy to the to the lady outside as well, the receptionist. <laughs> uh, thanks. I'll I'll make a note of that. I guess that man owes me a debt, and I've given him until the end of the week to pay me back. I need you to follow him and make sure that he doesn't leave town. He needs money, so you might be able to get close to him by following whatever jobs he decides to take. If he doesn't take a job and instead tries to run, you let me know where, and I'll take care of the rest. How's that sound? Uh, very good, sir. Um, what is he owe, man? I don't think that concerns you, Val. <laughs> very good, sir. All you need to know is that he owes me. Would, uh, would it be fair to expect some kind of compensation for this job? Oh, yes. If you do this for me, I'll offer you the usual payment. Okay. Now, Val, this is maybe an opportunity for you to describe what is your usual <laughs> uh, uh, payment What's with uh, Bolster. Uh, refresh my memory. I, I spent <laughs> a few too many nights in the pub. Um, uh, what, is, what, what is our going rate again? <laughs> well, I don't pay you in money, Val. I, of course, give you a certain amount of some illicit materials, and you perform services for me. Oh, yes. I, I realize that sounds a lot worse than, <laughs> you know, than it's meant to be. I give you drugs, Val. I give you drugs. Oh, well, that might, that might, be, that might explain why I can't remember what we, what we get paid in. I'm starting to reconsider maybe hiring you to track somebody. <laughs> Very good. I, I, absolutely. I'll, I will absolutely keep my eye on him, sir. Uh, do you have any questions before you leave? No, I think that I think that both squares it away. Okay, great. Then I'll see you before too long. Uh, so Val, you're leaving the apartment now. Uh, could you roll a survival check? And this is a check to see how well you're able to track him. Okay. Uh, oh, blackjack! Very nice. All right, so you're going to be able to follow him pretty well. In fact, you can kind of make out his um, his footprints in the uh, in the dirt as you leave the building. Okay. Um, and you can see that they go up the alleyway and they go towards the market square of town. It's late at night now, um, but you figure that you should be able to find him pretty well. Okay. You don't see any other tracks in the alleyway though; just his. Okay, part three, the job board. Renlin is a city of constant activity and opportunities if you know where to look for them. For many, that starts at the job board in the market district. It's been two days since your conversation with Bolster, and each day, twice a day, you visit the board to see if there are any opportunities. It's been sparse. You managed to get five gold unloading some cargo from a local trader, um, and could I also get you to roll a sleight of hand check and a performance check? Sure thing. Okay, I got a 20 on the performance. Awesome. And an 8 on the sleight of hand. Okay. Not a so natural we, 20. Okay. Uh, so you got 5 gold from unloading some cargo from a local trader. Uh, you got 1 gold from flipping some blankets that were left unattended. And you also got another 4 gold from performing a few magic tricks on the street, which is kind of your typical tricks of the trade. That's how you usually make money. Um, yeah. So you got a little bit there, uh, but it's not enough. Clearly, you owe Bolster 250 gold. Uh, so you're going to have to find some serious payment if you're going to be able to pay Bolster back by the end of the week. Okay. As you approach the board today, you notice a city guard nailing a sign to the board. What do you do? Um, 
I'm going to like walk behind him, but not, you know, give off the impression that I'm looking at the job board. I want to, um, if it's possible, could I pick the city guards pockets using mage hand? Uh, so it's not actually my hands doing it. Like I'm going to walk away slowly and I'll use my cantrip to pick his pocket. Okay. So what I'll do for that is um, I'm going to let you use mage hand to do that, but uh, you're going to have to roll sleight of hand, but you're going yep. to have advantage on that. So roll it twice and take the highest uh, score. Sweet. Okay. Uh, 19. Oh, nice. So you found uh, five gold in his pocket. <laughs> Woohoo! He doesn't seem to notice either. It's just he's he's really focused on hammering this like little piece of sheet of paper to the job board, um, and he doesn't even notice that like his gold is just falling out of his pockets. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pocket his gold, and uh, the mage hand just kind of wisps away, as if it was just made of wind. Uh, I'm gonna walk up beside the guard, put my arm up on his shoulder, and go, "Hey, friend, what do you got today?" Oh, uh, um, hi. Um, I'm just putting up some recruitment posters um, on the board. Could you get your hand down for me, please? This is not appropriate. Oh, uh, I am a city sorry, guard. Sorry, sorry. Uh, we're all friendly here. Come on, it's Redland. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I'll let you go about your business. He kind of he starts to reach for like his purse, just like out of uh, habit, because he's not used to like city people walking up and touching him. <laughs> so he's just kind of he's he's checking. Could you roll a perception check for me? <laughs> yes, of course. That five. Okay, so you you have no idea who this guy is. You like he he just looks like a a blank person in your book. Yeah, um, he would blend into a crowd pretty easily for you. Um, he just looks like another guard, but you have no. This guy could also be a new recruit. He could be a senior recruit, and you wouldn't be able to tell because you're so imperceptive. Gotcha. All right, uh, I'm just gonna move. Like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back away a little bit, give him his space, but I want to move close to the job board so I can see what he's putting up. Like, stick my head in there. Um, so you see that he's hanging up a notice, and this is what it says. Calling all adventurers. The local garrison is recruiting fixers for miscellaneous work. Full time, two meals a day, bunks in garrison, pay is good. Work ranges from maintenance to pest control to low-level guard duty. Apply directly at garrison. Hmm. All right. So has he finished nailing it to the board? Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's okay. kind of nailed it. He's taken a step back and like, he's looking at you because you were, um, you put your hand on his shoulder and you also took a look at his notice. All right. So, uh, I'm Mordecai is stroking his chin, reading it. And I'm just going to make a mental note of that. And I uh, look back at him and I go, uh, which, uh, which way is the garrison again? Well, it's to the North. Are you thinking of applying? Eh, maybe. You know, I'll just ask a few more questions. It doesn't really oh, yeah. say how much the pay is, so, uh, you know. Well, you can ask me. Oh, okay. I, I didn't want to bother you. You know, I was in your space. Uh, uh, sure. Uh, uh, what, what does the gig pay? <laughs> uh, I mean, it kind of varies, like, if depending on how many shifts you have. I'm new here, and I'm pretty, like, entry level, but, I mean, you could make, like, I don't know, like, 100 gold, like, Ooh. a week like that's pretty good uh but sometimes they give bonuses out for different types of work depending on what needs to be done sounds good sounds good all right thanks thanks for the information there uh i'm sorry what was your name oh it's it's joel ah nice to meet you uh have a good day and i just uh, walk away thank you the stranger bye yep i love you <laughs> okay so what are you gonna do now mordecai uh, is there anybody else in the market square that looks to be of, say, like a, a higher noble standing? Anybody walking around with any big chunky jewelry or just, you know, nice things that are visible? Um, roll a perception check. Oh, here we go. My terrible perception. All right. I got a 16. Okay. So that's pretty good. Um, you can tell that this is kind of not one of the finer areas of town. Um, it certainly seems to be like bustling. There are a lot of activity because it's kind of the market center for this side of town, but you don't see any 
you know, wealthy people. You don't see nobles. You don't see anyone walking around just hair, like holding bags of jewelry and like walking about. Like that's just not happening. Um, okay. You do see uh, most people here seem to be, uh, you know, fairly well dressed, but there does seem to be one really slight guy that's down the road a bit, um, just kind of staying out of everyone's way. Um, there are like a, a mother and a daughter walking around. There seems to be a butcher passing his wares, but as far as you can tell, there doesn't seem to be anyone wealthy here. Okay. Uh, for the time being, um, before I head off to the garrison, I'm just going to set up shop real quick, uh, and see if I can make a couple more coin, just doing some, some random magics, uh, maybe, you know, sure. cheer the kids up a little bit. Um, yeah. Oh, the kids are, oh, they're crying, Brandon. You got to. If you're gonna, you gotta put on one hell of a performance. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna start off with my my usual thing. Uh, I'm gonna set my hat down in front of me to collect coin, obviously, uh, and then I'm gonna cast my light cantrip. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna juggle the lights, and I'm just gonna keep producing more lights until it looks like there's too many to juggle. Even though I'm not physically doing it, I'm making it look like I'm doing that and just trying to, you know, get some attention that way. All right, roll a uh, roll a performance check. Cool. Come on. Oh no. <laughs> Six. All right. So you start to, well, you know, wait, 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 Josh, that was a nat one. Oh, so I, uh, Brennan, don't, don't think I missed that. <laughs> I know that's that one. All right. So you start juggling your balls. It's kind of your typical spiel and you're pretty comfortable with it by this point. Um, you start creating these glowing orbs in your hands and uh, you start juggling them a little bit. Uh, one goes up in the air and you're able to catch it. Another one goes on and you start to catch it. Um, and you're managed to get like three or four by this point that you're kind of juggling. Um, but even though these are illusionary glowing balls and you're in complete control of them, uh, one of them just kind of gets outside of your grasp and it rolls down a little bit and it hits one of the uh, market uh, tops and the top catches on fire. <laughs> oh no. So there's all of a sudden a fire starts breaking out. Uh, people are kind of panicking. They were really interested to see the magic that was about to happen. And then all of a sudden one of the market uh, stalls is on fire and they're looking at this glowing orb and they're looking back at you and you have a decision to make. There, you can also notice, I'll give this to you, a couple guards have started paying attention. <laughs> oh, God. Um, how can I do this? Uh, well, is, is there anything around me that I can use to put it out? Like, is there any water or, I don't know. Um, there are A bucket of old pee. <laughs> a bucket of old pee. There's like a, uh, a fountain in the middle of the, uh, of, of the market. Okay. Kind of think. What could I do? Oh, actually, uh, I'll just use another cantrip. Um, can I cast Ray of Frost on it? <laughs> yes, Brandon, go ahead. Cast Ray of Frost on this fire that you've you've started. Okay, but I want to make it look like it was intentional. <laughs> this is another performance. Oh yeah, this is going to go really well. I think you might want to check the verbiage on Ray of Frost before you uh, follow through on that one. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a frigid beam of blue-white light streaks towards a creature within range. Make a ranged spell attack against a target on a hit. It takes cold damage. So make a ranged spell attack. So that's uh, <laughs> 1d20 plus your uh, spell casting modifier. Uh, 21 to hit, 4 cold damage. Yeah, all right. So nice. you you hit the hell out of that fire. That fire started popping up, but as soon as like it started going, you just like finger-gunned it. And it just went right out, and then uh, that's all there is to it. Uh, a couple of the bystanders do have some frost on like the tips of their hair and their faces, and everyone kind of looks a little upset at you. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> sorry, sorry, got a little out of hand there, overdoing myself with this trick. My Guards. bad. Uh, this guy's lighting things on fire and putting it out. I don't know what's going on. I don't have insurance. <laughs> oh crap um you know what screw it i'm misty stepping out of there <laughs> you're, you're getting the hell out of dodge <laughs> yeah uh I, i'm gonna go uh 30 feet uh away from myself so I'm, I'm just gonna say sorry really quick and then bamf out of there this uh blue teal mist just kind of develops my feet and then 
one second I'm there, the next second I'm gone. Okay, so I just want to set the stage a little bit. Uh, so Brandon wanted to make some money. Uh, he did a really bad job. Uh, he lit himself on fire, uh, tried to put it out with ice, and then just disappeared uh, out of thin air after saying sorry. And now there's a bunch of villagers just sitting around, like, "What the hell happened here, man? There's a what? what was that guy like? Employed? Like, did he work here? Like, who is this guy?" So Mordecai exits stage left. Part four, the garrison. So Val, in front of you is the garrison. You followed the magician here from the jobs board, figuring that he's either looking for work or seeking safety from Bolster in the arms of the local guard, or perhaps just trying to run away from some fire that started in the marketplace. Before you head back to Bolster, you'll need to figure out which one of these scenarios is true. You enter the room to someone talking. Inside, you see a crowd of people standing and sitting by the wall to your right. Across from them stand three guards, as well as a middle-aged lady at a desk. The middle guard appears to be speaking loudly to the crowd. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Constable Joel, and I've been assigned to evaluate the applications for the recent job posting. I see that we have many more applicants than we expected. <laughs> uh, we only have positions for three applicants. So what we'll do is group you into groups of three and have you complete a task. You'll be marked on your ability to complete the task as well as how well you work with others. Uh, the guard steps up to the crowd and begins to move people into groups. He doesn't ask you any questions as he approaches you, Val. Um, you just seem to have kind of blended <laughs> into the crowd. And he looks at you and says, What's your name? Uh, Valerius, my good sir. <laughs> oh, uh, you're here for the uh, application as well? Uh, yes. Excellent, excellent. All right, I'm going to assign you to uh, this group here. Um, group two. All right, they're over there. And he points at two men, uh, one you recognize and another that is new. Uh, the first one is the magician that you've been following. So good for you. Uh, uh, no doubt this was due to your awesome survival skills and not any kind of narrative plot. <laughs> the second one seems to be a fighter of some sort you approach them okay i'm going to be taking the first group back to the training grounds um group two you'll probably have a few minutes to prepare yourself before the test and with that joel turns around and he exits through the entrance of the building with uh one of the groups um, okay, so uh, you're you you three together. Do you have anything to say, or do you want to do any preparations before the test? Or hey, is this the place where they give out the uh, quests? I'm looking for some quests to do. Uh, is this the place where you get the quest from? <laughs> I was going to talk to John's character, but after hearing that, I I look the other way. Like this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Whoa, good day to you, sir. Oh no, here. Uh, hello, hello. Uh, hi. Uh, I'm Morty. <laughs> I put out my hand. Greetings, fellow companions. It is I, Giovanni, of the Order of the Sacred Object. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rob him. I want to rob John. How goeth with you, uh, Brandon? I want you to roll sleight of hand with disadvantage. Okay, okay. And uh, John, I want you to roll a perception check. So that's a six, and uh, I'll play it off like I was falling over. Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah! <laughs> all right uh so mordecai rolled a six and giovanni rolled a seven and uh you're unsuccessful in trying to pit pocket giovanni and this is very obvious because he's standing right in front of you and you just kind of reach your hand forward and like it looks like you're trying to reach around and grab his butt <laughs> this is a uh, common greeting from where I uh, I come from how you so. know decency good sir <laughs> can i initiate it's combat called the greeting of the cheeks it's normal where i come from uh, i like make an opportunity attack <laughs> <laughs> do, do you all right well um i knew this day would come i'm just kidding i'm just kidding um right, there's two guards over here they kind of step over and they're like hey guys settle down like this is a training session for the uh, applications for this guard posting just like I'm take sorry, it easy. Is, this a, is this a real garrison or you take any bums you find off the street here <laughs> So one of the guards turns to you, he's like, well, honestly, we're actually taking anyone right now. This is, that's no joke. Damn it. Well, like bums off the street to me. Yeah. God, fools. They're all fools. They don't understand the sacred quest. <laughs> uh, one of the guards turns towards you. Oh, 
I thought that you were a uh, Order of the Sacred Object. Uh, it's kind of weird that you guys are here. I mean, I understand that after the recent, uh, you know, scandal over at the Order of the Sacred Object that, you know, you guys haven't been as active lately. But, uh, I mean, it's really kind of cool to see Do you again. Do not speak to me of the scandal. You know not of which I speak. <laughs> um, okay, I'm sorry. Hold your tongue, filthy commoner. Okay, well, based on that nothing else is happening here, are you guys done? Like, Yep. Okay, all right. I'd like to press Mordecai and just uh, and just ask him maybe, uh, hey man, like, uh, did you see the thing in the uh, like the post in the town, like, or uh, you know, or what brings you here, like? Ah, oh, pointy ears. Don't see a lot of you around here. Uh, I'm here for the gold. What do you think? <laughs> steady work, eh? I don't know about steady, but I mean, money's money, indeed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm also I'm also pretty new to town, so I mean, you know what? Like, let's try and uh, best these other guys. Let's see if we can't uh, get the positions. All right, Morty's already stopped listening, but he just kind of nods anyways. <laughs> I like to think that maybe uh, Ben's pause in his speaking isn't actually because he couldn't, he didn't know what to say next. He's just is a little, maybe he's had a little mushroom that morning. May <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Giovanni speak with the uh, desk clerk? Uh, yes. Is, is there something I can help you with, dear? Yes, I was wondering if there was any way I could be in a part of another more well-rounded and competent group of adventurers. <laughs> <laughs> These two seem like they've taken a couple too many shots to the head, if you know what I mean. She looks over at Mordecai and, and Val, and then she looks back at you. Okay, I see what you mean. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't really be fair to the other group, though, if, if we gave <laughs> them one of... Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can give you a handicap. Do you need? Do you need a handicap for the training? Uh, so, may the object crush you. It's a good day. <laughs> okay. Uh, and with that, you take a step back away from the the secretary, and as you do, uh, Constable Joel steps back into the field. He returns with uh, three pretty drab-looking characters. Uh, a young male elf is being held up between a dwarf and a human man, and all three look pretty beat up, but the middle one seems barely conscious. Joel escorts them back to the sitting area and then turns to you three. Uh, all right, group two, are you guys ready to go? Thumbs up. Ready as I'll ever be. I was always ready for a challenge. What are your terms? Well, um, uh, just follow me, and I'll escort you to the training field, and we'll go over some uh, uh, some ground rules, I guess. <laughs> ground rules at the training grounds. <laughs> That's pretty funny, eh? <laughs> All right, sorry. We'll, we'll just go. All right. No, no, it was great. It was great. No, no, it's okay. It's fine. I get it. You know, some people, you know, just not, they don't have as good of a sense of humor as me. Okay. Uh, so Joel escorts you out through the entrance of the office and around the side of the building where you can see what appears to be a training field. At the far end of the field, you can see a few targets for range practice. Uh, can you guys roll a perception check for me? All three of you. Oh, second one of the game. I, nothing gets past my metal eye slit in my helmet. <laughs> I think I'm waiting for Val, right? Yep. Tell me, long ears, what do you see? Okay, all right. So, uh, Mordecai, you're blind. Gotcha. You could be anywhere right now. Oh, it's so bright out. Yeah, the sun is right in your eye, and in fact, you turn to face the other direction, and the sun is still in your eye, and you don't quite know what's going on there. I'm just going to pull my hat down. Giovanni, uh, you are able to see a bunch of targets. And in amongst those targets, you see a bunch of automatons. Ah, yes, like training bots they had at the academy. And uh, you turn to ask your elf friend, you know, what he saw. And he kind of has this glazed look on his face. Like, he's not really there all the way. Like, he, it looks like, like maybe if you stirred him, he'd be able to pick up. But he doesn't seem like he's on the ball right now. Joel turns to you guys. The last group didn't do too well in this trial, but I'm hopeful that you guys will succeed where they failed. As you can probably see in front of you, uh, that there are five clockwork constables. Your job is to dismantle the constables as a team. As we mentioned before, you'll be evaluated on your teamwork as well as your effectiveness. 
Do you have any questions before we begin? Can I initiate a charge maneuver to uh, try to get advantage on the automatons? Or are you saying you want to surprise attack the automatons that have been set up specifically for a fight trial? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. You know, okay, we're gonna go to Giovanni Duchambre. We're gonna go take a look at your skills. Let's see what we got here. Oh, I, don't, I don't have any sneaking. In, in fact, I have a negative modifier to stealth. Okay, I, well, what I was going to say is that you can roll a stealth check with disadvantage, and then I will allow you to see if you can jump on these guys, I guess. Wait, what's disadvantage? You roll twice and you take the lower one. Oh, fudge, of course. Um, <laughs> damn it. Okay, Joel turns to you guys, say, hey, do you guys have any questions before we begin? And then Giovanni just pushes Joel to the side and just runs straight at the automatons. The automatons are not fooled by this. If automatons had the capacity for confusion on what is about to happen, maybe they would feel, why is this guy charging at us? But they don't because they're automatons and they just see this guy charging and they get ready for the fight. And Joel screams out, hey, oh, I'm fine. Okay, you can start. And with that, I would like you guys to roll initiative. Hi there, everyone. I'm just going to take a quick break from the action to go through a few announcements. First, thanks to everyone who is listening to the podcast. It's nice to know that people seem to enjoy it, and that was just the pilot with a bunch of goofballs talking about D&D. Here on out, it'll be mostly story, though I might be open to doing a behind-the-scenes at some point if there is enough interest in it. If you're interested in becoming a character in Latent Legends, please like and share this podcast on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag LateNLegends, lowercase all one word. I look to audience members when coming up with names for new characters, and I'm happy if I don't have to make up a fantasy name like Storm Dragon's Bane on the fly. That's silly. Uh, for instance, this week, Constable Joel is named after our good friend Joel, who plays in a folk band with John and I. It's called the Daybreak Johnnies if you want to look it up. I have lots of characters coming up, so lots of names will be needed. Also, I've set up a Patreon page for the podcast where listeners who are interested in donating to the podcast can throw in a few bucks. You can find it at patreon.com forward slash Legends, all one word. There's no pressure to do so, but you might get a few perks like having your name mentioned as a patron at the end of the podcast or even getting us to say a message for you. You can no doubt hear that our audio quality is lacking. And one of the first things I'd like to do is buy a proper audio setup for Ben. And then maybe Brandon. John has told me that he's gotten a new mic, so I expect that by episode 3 we should be getting better audio from over there. That's it for announcements, so let's get back to the action. Okay, so we should be good to go. So, uh, Automaton 3 uh, starts out. He's first in the order, and he's going to take a couple steps towards you. He kind of gets in line with the other Automaton here. And he's going to pull out a crossbow, and he's going to fire at you, Giovanni. Um, does a 20 hit? Yeah. What? <laughs> Sorry. He takes seven piercing damage. Oh, <laughs> oh God, that... That hurts a lot. That's beautiful. That uh, is incredible. That he well, does he get a bonus because that's a critical critical hit too, or it's not a natural twenty. Oh, okay. So Ooh. it was an eighteen, and then he had a plus two to hit. I thought his first combat or the first combat roll I had to face was a nat twenty. Concerning that would be uh, really setting the standard for this sweet sacred object that hurts. I'm trying to stay in character as much as possible here. <laughs> God, I'm glad that you do. It sounds great. Uh, Giovanni, I'm going to grant you a point of inspiration. Ah, yes. What does that do? That allows you, you can expend that uh, whenever you have to do a check of any kind, um, and it gives you advantage on that check. Uh, Valerius, you're up. I see see the automatons. I see them shoot uh, Giovanni. So I'm going to just dip uh, behind the crates um, and cower a moment. Okay, I need you to make a do to do. Is there a hiding check? A uh, stealth or sleight of hand, I think. Yeah, I want you to make a stealth check, Ben. Okay, uh, so Val, you try to hide behind the boxes here. 
and uh, you rolled a you rolled a two plus one, so that's three. Um, and you're not fooling anybody. You're doing. It's almost like a person is trying to poorly impersonate somebody else that's hiding, and you're just do. Nobody's fooled by this. Everyone kind of looks at you weirdly, um, and so you're not hidden. Uh, Very good. Good use of a turn. Automaton number two is up. Automaton number two, uh, seeing Valerius uh, run, kind of catches his eye. So he's going to fire a shot with his crossbow at uh, Valerius. Uh, so he had a six. Uh, does a six hit you, Val? Uh, no. Yeah, no, he miss. All right, so the shot goes wild, and it just sticks into one of the boxes there. All right, automaton number four. He's going to uh, take... Uh, a couple steps forward and actually engage with Giovanni Duchambre. He's going to slam you with the shield. Does an eight hit? No. Um, yep, that's a safe guess. So the uh, he goes <laughs> to try and hit you with his shield, and you just stand there as the shield hits you, and nothing happens to you. A nice try, you robot fiend! Alright, uh, speaking of Giovanni, Giovanni, you're up. I'll strike it back with my longsword if this foolish automaton that struck at me with a shield. Boom. Alright, yeah, you hit with a 21. It just smashes right into the automaton. You do four slashing damage to him. Alright, Mordecai, you are up. So Giovanni has struck automaton number four, and uh, you realize that you have a chance now to do something. What is that? Well, first, uh, do I know anything about any of these automatons? Do I know what they're made out of? Roll an insight check. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I got a 17. Okay. Uh, so you've seen automatons like this before. Um, sometimes wealthy traders are able to afford them to do manual labor for them. You haven't really seen them in this capacity before. Like you don't usually see them fighting. They're much too expensive and um, typically they're not built well enough to be able to stand fighting. These ones looks like they've been reinforced a bit. So they have um, uh, like reinforced joints. So they're a little bit better put together. Uh, and it looks like they have modular parts, so they would be easy to take parts off of them and put new parts on if you needed to. Your understanding of how automatons work is that uh, they there's there's a mechanical component and there are uh, arcane components. So it usually has some kind of arcane core that is responsible for powering it, as well as some of its base uh, behaviors uh, that are usually ascribed to it by whoever's made it. So that's what you know about automatons in general. Um, and that's what you can kind of grasp based off of these automatons. Is it safe to say they're they're made out of some sort of metal or are they like wood or? <laughs> there are parts of them that are metal uh, and there are parts of them that are wood. Most of their joints are metal um, and most of their limbs and like larger body parts are wood. Uh, and they okay. have a shield and they have a uh, mace. Okay, okay. Um... I'm going to use my movement to kind of go up beside the boxes also. I, I want a little bit of cover. And then I will cast a level one witch bolt at the automaton directly in front of uh, John. Okay. I got uh, 16 to hit. Okay, so that does hit. He uh, takes seven damage. And then on each of my turns for the duration, I can use my action again to deal another... 1d12 to that creature actually you know what is that lightning damage or what type of damage is that that is lightning damage yes okay so he's dead nice. awesome okay so uh uh mordecai you fire a shot into the automaton in front of giovanni and it just it it bursts and sparks and then just crumples to the ground it's still all in one place like it's it hasn't exploded but uh it's just kind of crumpled uh that'll be my turn i'm just gonna stay where i am all right well done uh, automaton number one. He sees his automaton brethren fall, and he takes a couple steps forward and swings at Giovanni. Mace style. He rolls an 11. Does that hit you, Giovanni? No. All right. Well, the automaton goes wild and tries to swing at you with his uh, mace, and it just uh, it doesn't even phase you at all. Again, you look at the grim body of the automaton in front of you, and you just tower over it as it attempts to hit you, but nothing happens. 
automaton number five. This guy is going to take a few steps forward, and he's going to try and shoot at Mordecai with his uh, crossbow. Oh, he got a nat one. So it just shoots off into the air. <laughs> I guess seeing his automaton brother in front of him just get shocked with lightning and crumple to the ground was too much for him. And his emotional circuits start to kick on inside of his body. And he shouldn't even have those. But they put it in because he was an experimental <laughs> automaton. And they just, they turned the off button. But like seeing his, his fallen brother in front of him just turned it right back on. And he just got a little too emotionally invested. And the shot goes wild. Sad R2-D2 noises. Yeah, he makes a lot of sad R2-D2 noises. <laughs> Automaton number three, uh, he's going to also uh, fire a shot at Mordecai. He has disadvantage on this as well, because you are also uh, hiding behind some barrels. I don't think this is how cover works in 5e, but I'm just going to do this for now. Uh, he shoots you with a 13. What do you got? Yeah, he uh, hits me. I have a 12 AC. So He fires a shot off at Mordecai. Uh, and it pierces you. It's just like this perfect moment where it just goes right between the gaps of the boxes and it just hits you right in the shoulder blade. Ah, that's smart! And you take six piercing damage, which brings you down to nine because you yep. are weak. I'm a squishy boy. All right, next, Valerius, what do you got for us? Okay. Um, emboldened by the uh, automaton being struck by lightning, um, <laughs> but mortified by Mordecai getting struck <laughs> mere inches from me. Okay, I'll move up to the one uh, behind Joel there. Okay. Oh, yeah, Joel has taken a step away, by the way. He doesn't want to be involved in what's going on. Yeah, he's, he, he, he's evaluating us. Oh, well done, man. That's pretty good. I mean, you, you missed. You missed them clearly. Uh, but your damage <laughs> would have been really good if you had hit them. Damn it. So you come to swing down on top of the automaton, and the automaton just raises its shield up like it's trying to keep rain off of its head, and your quarterstaff just hits on it and just kind of flops to the side. <laughs> All right, automaton number two over here. Uh, he takes a step forward, and he tries to fire a crossbow bolt at Giovanni. You'd be so lucky to try. That's a 18. Not a... Not today. Not today. All right, so he goes to shoot at uh, a Giovanni, and it just it it hits his armor, and it just falls to the ground. That's all that happens. Speaking of Giovanni, yeah. Quick question, Ben. What's your AC? Uh, twelve. And Brandon, yours is also twelve. Yeah, we're both weak boys. <laughs> um, because I have a bonus action, I can. Well, no one spells a bonus action, which I think means I can cast it in addition to my combat action. And give one of you yeah. two, two bonus AC. Um, who is closer to dying? I guess Brando. <laughs> yeah, Mordecai for sure. That's how bonus actions work, right? Yeah, so during, say, a fight scene, you have three actions you can do. Yeah. You have a move action, then you have your actual action, which is usually like a fight or you're casting a spell or something. And then you have a bonus action, which is usually like a very small action that you do, like uh, saying something to someone else, or um, uh, sometimes it is picking up equipment, but not always, things like that. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Can I move here and attack this, the, the automaton in front of me? Okay. It's going to be a one-handed longsword, normal roll. Ooh. All right, so that does hit. Nice. So he takes six slashing damage. And for a bonus action, I want to cast a Shield of Faith on Mordecai. Okay, and what does that do? It will give him a Shimmering Field appears and surrounds a creature of your choice within range, granting it a plus two bonus to AC for the duration. All right, well, that's a, a solid turn. Um, Mordecai, you're up. You have a plus two now to your AC. Okay, cool. So I'm up to 14. I'm going to try and help uh giovanni out and oh actually this kind of remi this reminds me of something brandon can you roll a d20 for me oh that's right yeah wild magic surge just a single d20 right okay yeah 10 all right you're fine okay um i'm gonna try and help out giovanni with a cantrip but i'm gonna use my minor illusion i would like to 
make Giovanni look bigger, more menacing. Minor illusion. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna um, like increase his stature. Uh, the object that you're creating can't be bigger than a five foot cube, though. Yeah. I know. I'm just gonna do it on top of you from like your waist up. It's adding another five feet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, I like this. Um, can you roll a performance check for me? Yeah, of course. I'm uh, I'm still a little out of sorts from taking the arrow to my shoulder. Uh, so I, I got a 16. Okay, you're fine. Excellent, 16. Um, could you also uh, roll a d20 for me? Of course. Six. Okay. All right. So you, you cast Minor Illusion. From your fingertips, this dark kind of blurry haze kind of comes out as you point them at Giovanni. And all of a sudden, on top of Giovanni's shoulders appears another Giovanni. And they're kind of meshed together. So it's like there's Giovanni on the ground, but it kind of looks like he's also holding himself on his shoulders a bit. Five <laughs> feet higher. And with that, I'm going to say, Giovanni, you have um, <laughs> advantage on on, on uh, intimidation checks. <laughs> okay. Uh, the automaton, table talk, uh, the automatons don't have feelings, though, right? Uh, it's up in the air. You don't know that. <laughs> I thought you said the one that had, like, a, it was an experimental one that was made to have, like, feelings. There might be more than one that has it. Okay. Maybe you don't. You don't know Giovanni. You, you know okay. nothing about automatons. You didn't I'm do not. an insight check. You're right. All right, automaton number one. It's his turn. All right, so uh, he kind of watches the the two Giovanni uh, walk away, and uh, as they do, uh, he returns focus to Val, who is now appeared in front of him, and he's going to hit at Val with his mace. Uh, there's a 15 hit, Val. All right, you take. You take seven uh, uh, hit, uh, points of damage. Brings you down to five. Uh, it is now automaton number five's turn. Uh, automaton number five doesn't seem to have a clear shot at Val or um, Giovanni. Uh, they're slightly out of his way, so he's going to try to shoot at Mordecai. Um, so that's a 16 to hit. <laughs> I'm down. Uh, so you... Uh, your hit points, your AC is 12 plus the two from the shield. That's 14. That's yeah. definitely not going to do it. So you take nine points of damage. So you are at zero, actually. I am at saving throws, yes. So when it's your turn, you're going to do a saving throw. Okay, automaton number three. He's going to step forward, and he's going to swing at Giovanni. He rolled a 10. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Uh, so he swing and a miss, and nothing happens. Val, you're up. Okay, I am going to try and assault the uh, automaton in front of me again. I'm going to blast you, you infernal machine. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, so you go to swing at the automaton, and your staff just breaks. Oh, God. So you go to swing at him two-handed, and you hit him square on the head. It's a really clean hit. But your your quarter staff just snaps in half. <laughs> half of it goes flying in front of him, and the other half is now just in your hand. My good walking stick. <laughs> yeah, the automaton just looks at you <laughs> with its cold, dead eyes. All right, automaton number two over here. He's going to swing at Giovanni as well. Fourteen. Nope. Yep. Just another day in the life of Giovanni. Speaking of which, Giovanni, you're up. I'm going to go after the same guy I've been going at for the turn for two now. I'm going to slowly beat these guys uh, down until the guy is almost dead, and then I will heal him. Oh, and that hits for seven slashing damage. Nice. All right, that was automaton number two you were hitting at? The one that I did damage on before. Okay, uh, so he takes seven slashing damage, and he's down. Yes. Okay. Um, Mordecai, uh, make a saving throw. So roll a d20. 11. All right. So you have one tick in the success column. Yay! All right. It is now automaton number one's turn. Um, he has just been smacked with a quarterstaff. 
He looks a little confused because usually this is not how fights go for him. Usually either he gets smashed to pieces or the other person gets smashed to pieces. Rarely do the instruments being used get smashed to pieces. Um, but he does decide to try and slam you with his shield. So he goes ahead, brings up his uh, shield and tries to smash it at Val. Um, that's a 17. Ah! All right. You take five points of damage and... Uh, I will do it. And Val hits the ground. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> All right, Val, you are now making saving throws. Excellent. Seeing as I now have to fell all of them on my own soon. Yep. So you, you went in against five automatons. Two are down, uh, but also two of you are down. And here we are. Uh, so now we're into automaton number five's turn. He is going to take a shot at you, Giovanni, over top of the corpses of his two robotic brethren. Uh, he actually had a critical one, so his crossbow just kind of explodes in his hand. Joel, Constable Joel, meanwhile, is kind of looking on. And he's taking notes. Like he's he's pulled out this little clipboard and he's like, "What's going on?" Okay, and he just looks very sad. He's sad in a lot of things. I'm not. I don't want to get too into it, but like, it just seems like this fight isn't going how he hoped it would go. Nobody here is getting 100 gold pieces a week at this rate. That's for sure. Well, maybe somebody is. Uh, okay, <laughs> it's automaton number three's turn. He's going to take a step forward and kind of uh, face you a little bit better. There, Giovanni is going to hit you with his uh, shield. Well, he's going to try. <laughs> and he misses. Yeah, it's nothing. Uh, Val, I need you to make a um, a. Saving throw. So just roll a d20. Nice. All right. So that's a success. Uh, you need two more. Uh, Giovanni, it's your turn. Uh, I'll strike out the automaton that is north of Giovanni. So long sword again. Give it a whirl. Oh, yeah. That's a hit. So he takes five points of slashing damage. Um, Mordecai, saving throw. Coming up. 17. Awesome. So you have two successes. Check, check. Automaton number one is going to take a step up and he's like kind of stepping past the corpse of his uh, robotic buddy here. And he's going to hit you or attempt to hit you as is with any case against Giovanni uh, with his mace. <laughs> and it misses. Automaton number five, he's going to take a couple steps forward and he's going to swing at Giovanni with his mace. That's a miss. And automaton number three, he's going to try and hit you with his shield. He's, uh, he's a real shield guy. He likes his shield. He might not be able to tell the difference between his shield and his uh, uh, mace. And that's also a miss. Next is Valerius. Valerius, could you make a saving throw? Ooh. That's nine, so that's one in the death column. Oh, no. And Giovanni, you're up again. I will swing at the one I've been swinging at. Try to kill him. Okay. Oh, that's a miss. A miss. All right, so you rolled a nine. It. it just wasn't enough. It uh, kind of glances off of his shield, and uh, nothing happens to him. Mordecai. Here we go. Oh, one in the fail column. All right, one in the fail. That's too bad. You had two, you had two successes. Having you up would have been real sweet. Yeah. Um, okay, and we're back to automaton number one. He's going to try and hit Giovanni. This is really not that interesting of a fight. <laughs> and he swings at you with his mace. And he misses, because that's how this fight's going. Automaton number five, also going to swing at Giovanni. There's th What's happening right now is you have like a couple like crossbow shots that have kind of like gleaned off your armor. And there's just these three automatons just smacking at you with their maces and nothing seems to be doing anything. This is what this is what Giovanni trains for. Well done, Giovanni. You picked the right side. All right, that nothing happened there. Automaton number three. Iron away. <laughs> that's also a miss. All right, Val, make a saving throw. Hey, that's another nice. success. All right, Giovanni, you're up. Here we go. Let's kill a robot. Swing it again. Ah, is that it or no? Uh, that's a miss. God. All right, Mordecai, make another saving throw. Oh, no. That's uh, not one. All right, so you are two, or wait a moment, rolling one or 20. When you make a death saving throw and roll a one on the d20, it counts as two failures. Guess who's dead? This is like that, uh, that Dark Souls game. <laughs> it really is. I need to spawn in a bonfire. Can you guys do anything? Me? 
Is anybody is anybody able to stop this from happening? Happening. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast. The next part will be coming out next week. If you're interested in hearing more about us, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Patreon as Late and Legends. Again, thanks to John and Brendan for the music they wrote for this episode, as well as a special thanks to Cody and Brendan, again, for the artwork they've created. It looks great. We'll see you guys next week.